Welcome to the new episode of More Than Dice, and I see that our chat screen is off the side of the screen, which is okay. We can just look on the chat on uh, Twitch and everything to get what we need, just not showing up on the side. Yay for technical issues. Um, hopefully everybody can hear us. We don't have any problems. Um, but that's a minor one that I'm not too worried about. Not being able to see the uh, chat on screen is not that big of an issue. Um, welcome to an episode of More Than Dice. Kathy, we're on episode... Uh, 93? 92. Damn. <laughs> uh, so Xander says we sound good, so that should be pretty good. Um, I didn't... It, it counted last week, I guess. You did, and we yeah. didn't do last week, so... No, we all kind of took a little bit of a, a break. So, um, so we're in chat. Everything seems to be fine. Everything seems to be rolling. Welcome to episode 92, where Kathy is going to be talking about ReaperCon. Uh, John and I have something to talk about on Star Wars Legion. Um, and I have a lot of questions about ReaperCon, too, so... Kathy, you're going to get like a, a kind of a, an interview type thing too, so. That works better for me anyways. Captain Mizzy says <laughs> Kathy and John are a bit too quiet, but that could be me. I mean, you're comparing us to Gonzo. We're always going to sound quiet. Yeah, we, eventually it was too loud. Do, but Xander says that it sounds good at the mall. Here. I'll turn up Kathy and John just a little bit. Hey, just a little bit. Hey, hey, hey. Just a little bit, and I will leave mine just the way it is. That way it's not going to be an issue. I am worried about this stupid thing. What stupid thing? This little button on Twitch says click to claim a bonus. Yep, claim the bonus. bonus. Channel points. I haven't, I haven't given out channel points or done any of that stuff to buy things on our thing, but that's just how it is. So... Hey, John Spencer, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1 level. Hey, you're welcome. Self-promotion is a thing. <laughs> and it is totally shameless. Uh, I'm taking that. Alright, so we are on episode 92, our ReaperCon episode, which I actually kind of wish I would have gone this year. But finances did not go with me, and I have to be careful of what I spend my money on lately. So I well, we go. all have only so many conventions we can go to in a year, and that just happens to be one of the ones that is important for me and Jim. Oh, very much so. I yeah, that's kind of like there's certain conventions I that you would go to that I wouldn't go to, and that I would go to and you wouldn't go to type thing. But mm -hmm. uh, ones I want to go to, but I can't, and yep. vice versa. Yep. Type thing. I may try to do it next year. I don't know. It'll be all, it all depends. So, let's go ahead and start off. John, what are you drinking tonight? Um, well, in addition to uh, a, a shot of uh, Captain Morgan Cannon Blast to start off the night with my <laughs> after my healthy swig because of my week, uh, I'm going to drink a screwdriver, a small screwdriver, just a tiny one. Phillips or standard? Um, <laughs> I think that one's standard. Because it's got the sharp blade, just because it, it might end up hurting. We'll see. Uh, it was not very uh, 
frugal with the vodka. I'm like, we only have so much left. Let's put all this shit in. Oh, well, sure. I am drinking tea, Earl Grey, hot, <laughs> and some water over here too. Um, I'm gonna be drinking the last bit of my dragon's milk. Um, I've only got like two more bottles left, so I figured I would do that. Um, and work on it. Uh, do we need to give a uh, salute to anyone besides JVM, John? <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know, uh, Nova Open was, was it last weekend? It was yes. last weekend. Yeah. And um, JVM's playing a match, and uh, Zosha is, I guess, judging it. Whatever. There. She might have been judging that particular game, but she's she's judging there and doing uh, yeah. social media updates because she's really good at it. And so she was doing that. And John, take it from there. <laughs> so uh, I believe, uh, as the story goes, he, his opponent was trying to move a model, and, and the JVM goes, "Oh, you can't. That model's engaged." And she replies, "I'm glad something at this table is." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, R.I.P. JVM, because Osha just killed you. Yes. Osha gotcha. I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> so, okay. War Machine and Horde players, and they're a pretty big community. Zosha and JVM, they've been dating off and on, or to, they've been together for quite a long time. Yeah. So, this is hilarious, then. Yes. All yes. right. And then the other one is actually uh, Robert Axelrod, who is did a ton of voices for years and years and years. Like um, what? Most notably, to most people are to most people are listeners' ages would be, he was the voice of Lord Zed in Power Rangers. But he oh, has, yeah. just look at his IMDb. He he's probably in something you know. He has done that many voices. He's one of those Frank Welker types who's just in so many things. Gotcha. But uh, he passed, and uh, I mean, we'll give him a, a hearty uh, cheers. Uh, so, everybody, we also want to thank all of our sponsors, uh, Muse on Minis, Mechanica Studios, and Tectonic Car Studios. We want to thank them so much for all that they do for us. And we want to thank all of our listeners. Y'all are amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. We have seen such some incredible things from y'all. And uh, we appreciate everybody sharing our posts, liking our stuff, joining our Patreon, and helping us get new equipment and better equipment. Uh, that's kind of what all this goes into um we appreciate it we appreciate it a lot cheers cheers oh damn that's good oh yes it is um so kathy you went to ReaperCon. for the people don't yep. know now most of us know what reaper is it's a miniature company so reaper much. miniatures I, I i won't assume that everyone knows what reaper miniatures is because when i do it means there's somebody out there that's never heard of them yeah uh so they they make miniatures they started out years and years and years ago making pewter miniatures a lot of the sculptors who sculpted for ral partha and other companies mm -hmm. have also sculpted for yeah. reaper uh, Sandra Garrity, uh, Max wife's favorite, uh, Dennis Mize. Uh, we can go on, but anyway, so Reaper Miniatures 
has a shit ton of fantasy models of all types. And when I first discovered them, I was like, where have you been all my role-playing life? <laughs> because previous to discovering Reaper, there was no female model that ever was even close to representing any of my characters for any fantasy role-playing game that I played over the course yeah. of, you know, a decade. And, you know, I was ecstatic. I... I I grabbed blisters of models off the off the pegboard by the fistful, and that was my first experience with Reaper. And I think Reaper miniatures paints, all those years ago when they were in screw top jars, were my first miniature paints too. After I, you know, realized that my uh, golden acrylic artist paints were not cutting it. As a person who had never painted miniatures before, it was a terrible medium to start in. I could maybe do it now. I know there's a bunch of people out there that do, but it if you're just starting out, regular artist acrylics are a lousy medium to, to start out painting miniatures in. But, so, Reaper Miniatures... They host this convention every year. It used to be in the spring at their factory. And then they moved it to October And as it was growing. And a few years ago, there was a hotel that was built in Denton, Texas, which is the same town that the Reaper factory is. That's where all those miniatures are made. Although I think some of their Bones miniatures now are, are being made in China. All their metal stuff is made at the factory in Texas. Gotcha. And their paint, the paints as well. Um, so it's it's Labor Day weekend now for the foreseeable future, and the people at Reaper really like this weekend. Jim and I like this weekend. It's grown from like 500 people last year to like 1,500 people this year, which is a pretty big leap for a small convention. And well, it, it's a big leap for a convention that's just about miniatures they make that are not for a game. They're just, and I want to say generic, but that's kind of what it is. Generic yeah. miniature, well, generic fantasy or generic miniatures. Last year, they started having the D&D Adventure League playing there. So they had a ton of tables for D&D and Pathfinder set up. And other, other role-playing games, I believe, were played there as well. So... You know, D&D and Pathfinder are perfect games for their miniatures because they have all all these monsters, you know, like you find in a fiend folio or, you know, mythology. Yeah. Um, they have, like I said, they have a ton of character options. Male, female, you know, elf, half-orc, gnome, dwarf, halfling, uh, human, obviously. Um and uh, so they're fantastic for any fantasy role-playing game, really. You could probably find what you want. And if they don't have what you want, if you found the perfect model and it has a sword instead of an axe, well, guess what? They have weapon packs that they sell as well. So yes, you can cut do. the guy's sword off and put an axe on him. Truth. So it, it they just have a really think, good thing going. And we've been going there for, see, this was my fourth year and Jim's sixth year. 
uh, going to this one, and we just have a blast, and people just sit down and paint models together. They have the MSP Open, and I think it's called Master Series Painters Open. I don't know. Yeah, I think so, because it's not the name of their uh, paint line, Master Series. Yeah. Um, I guess. Casey's <laughs> like, yeah. It says MSP. But it doesn't say what it stands for. <laughs> Master Series Paint is my guess. Anyways. Uh, yep, that's the name of their, their paint series. Yeah, so I like their paints. I like their models. Uh, the people who work there are really friendly. They're genuine. And, uh, and they put on a good party. And their paint competition is a lot of fun. It's an open competition. You you don't have to paint Reaper miniatures to enter this competition. And, and sometimes people think, oh, well, it's like a manufacturer's thing. You can only do Reaper miniatures. No. no. You can enter whatever model from whatever manufacturer you want. And you'll win. You'll win the medals that uh, are, are just like for you. So... I'm doing a terrible job of explaining <laughs> this. There's Jim an, explains it way better. But they, what they do is they judge you against yourself. So you, you could get a certificate, you could get a bronze medal, you could get a silver medal, you could get a gold. And that's judged based on your previous work or if you've never entered anything, then they just kind of... I mean, they have like points also that they, that they use to to decide if something's in a, you know, like a, a low bronze or a high bronze, you know, or a low silver or almost gold, but not quite gold. And they they keep track of which judges judged your entries so that afterwards you can go and talk to those judges and get feedback on your entries. You know, what, what you could do to make it better, uh, which a lot of people really like. Well, if you're looking to get better, that's what you should. I mean, if you're just looking yeah. just to win a prize and you don't care about getting better or whatever, then you just want to know if you got first, second, or third. But if you're looking to improve and get better, then you want that feedback from whoever's judging the convention. Yeah. And if you do want to try for the, the Sophie, which is the... Sophie is their mascot basically she's a, a tall beautiful female demon with wings and they have a trophy of her and that's when you need to be painting a reaper model if you want to win a sophie it has to be a reaper model that's their manufacturer part of the competition oh, gotcha. but uh there are other manufacturers that also uh give prizes their bombshell miniatures has a manufacturer's award and Dark Sword Miniatures has a manufacturer's award. Um, I don't remember if Warlord Games did this year, but I'm pretty sure they're planning to next year. Uh, this was their first year at ReaperCon in the dealer's room. Um, I don't remember who else does. There was a Chibi, there was a Best Chibi Award. <laughs> And then Michelle Farnsworth organized the Paint It Pink, which was a, a breast cancer charity award. 
-hmm. and that brought in uh, a lot of donations and I don't remember which charity it was that which breast cancer charity it was that it it went to Shell's an old friend of mine um, I did notice, I went, uh, someone had posted up and had a link to all the models that were in uh, the Reaper competition that they took pictures of and stuff. And it's gone and, and shows, you know, the person's name and all the miniatures they put in. And of course, the first thing I go and look up is you and James. Uh, one, because <laughs> I want to see James's uh, Dark Sword miniatures. I'm sure, because I thought he was going to do a bunch of uh, Song of Ice and Fire ones. Um but you won an award and actually talk about that one model that you bought because I'd never seen you post a picture on it or even talk about it. And I saw it and I was like, okay, <laughs> it, it, it's something totally different than what I would ever expect you to paint. Oh, is it super secret, super secret tech? It's not super secret. No, I painted that a couple years ago. And, uh, it was, it, may have been before I I started with you guys. Uh, but it was given to me by my friend Paul Fillon. And he and his friend Antoine Bergeron have a podcast called Geeks of the North. They're Canadian. And, uh, and Antoine sculpted the original for his daughter and, and made a small run of cats and Paul gave one to me and it was adorable so what it is is uh, it's a little stuffed animal unicorn and I, I, I painted it with this pattern I wanted it to look sort of like a pajama pattern or something with just it was blue this sort of pastel kind of blue and had the little pink uh, dots on it and and it's the bottoms of its feet and the bottoms of its paws were plaid like a yellow plaid and its tail and mane were red it's and so I different had, for you though to, from what so I'm used to I had so much fun painting this oh it was adorable it, it was because it was when I went, went to look at it, I was looking for your Nurgle stuff or, you know, stuff that I'm used to you painting, you know, the really gross, ugly, you know, vile stuff. And Kathy wins, what'd you win, a gold? I won a gold with this one. For a stuffed yep. unicorn in pajamas. <laughs> so, I mean, it was good. It's just I wasn't expecting that from you. I was like, Kathy painting a you know, stuffed unicorn it's in pajamas? It's I entered three things in the painters category, and one of them was the ogre cannoneer that mm -hmm. I painted on stream. That's the artisan guild one. Mm -hmm. But I knew there were parts of it that were kind of rough because when I paint on stream, and then I call something done, often there are still parts of it that are left a little rough. And the other one was uh, the wolfman bust from mm -hmm. Blackheart Models. I I actually painted it and finished it and the the clear coat was drying as I took it in on Friday night to enter it into the competition. So 
that was just a, this was really fun to paint. I'm just going to throw it in there. I don't expect anything. And then the third one was my, my unicorn. <laughs> and I just, those were just things that were finished that I just wanted to put in there. I, I wasn't hoping. I wasn't expecting. I didn't have any expectations. So it was just but very interesting only... to see your, your piece that one was a, ba- a a chibi type unicorn in pajamas. When I'm so used to you painting, you know, Nurgle stuff and, you know, thing. And I was like, it, it, was, it was a good piece. It's just I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I believe that I need to put something in there every year that has a stuffed animal in it. Making now, tradition now. <laughs> well, last year I entered Tiny Kathy into the open category because that's the category where you put converted, like heavily converted and scratch sculpted things. Mm-hmm. And she's scratch sculpted. So I put her in there and I won the gold for her. And she has, she's holding a stuffed animal and she's wearing pajama pants. I, I think I have the perfect model for you. <laughs> yeah. I'll find one in box so I can send it to you. I think. Let me note this so I don't forget, because I'm likely to forget. So. In the elusive uh, box of stuff for Kathy. Sort of like that box that of stuff there. for Gonzo. Actually, Gonzo, your box of stuff's right over here on the shelf. I see to send it. <laughs> but. Uh, and at that, I saw uh, James's, which I thought was interesting, because I was expecting, you know, some Song of Ice and Fire stuff, especially with Dark, Soul, Dark Sword being there. And what was that piece, that, the motorcycle? That's something from Wild West Exodus that he painted, well, before War Creedle changed it into a completely different game, but called it Wild West Exodus. Interesting. Uh, and, I mean, they used the same models as far as I know. But they just, yeah. you know, like, have changed the entire game. So back when Jim liked Wild West Exodus, <laughs> and he painted a ton of models for that, that was one of the things he did for them. Or yeah. for himself, for them. Question on that. What are the, the guidelines for bringing a model? Because, you know, you're saying Jim painted that a long time ago. Some places, and I'm not, it's not everybody, some of them, like, this model has to be painted in, like, the last year or... Within a certain time frame. You'd never be able to know. That's why I was wondering what what their guideline is. There's online competitions where you show a picture of, you know, the model in the blister and the receipt or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or it's just enough that you... But you can game that system, too. You can just buy another model and be like, here's my unpainted model. Meanwhile, my... (laughs) My finished one is sitting right next to me. Yeah. And game it that way. I mean, eh, you know. You'd have to be like, you have to stream every but, part you're painting the model. Right? Yeah. That's uh, not going to happen. But there's, I mean, I can understand the ones where they say, you cannot have entered this into another competition before. Mm-hmm. And that was what uh, Crystal Brush did. Yeah. And that one, what with social media being the way it is, uh, it's fairly easy to check up on something if you really need to to you know oh, yeah. and and the miniature community being what it is you know there's going to be somebody who is like oh i saw that at duke of bavaria 
Yeah, I mean, so... it's, it's a pretty self-regulating community. Yeah. Yeah. But th- but they don't they don't have any of those rules at Reaper. No, not like that. No, and although Jim had never entered that into any other thing, he just painted that for his Wild West Exodus army or faction or whatever. Uh huh. And same with my little my little pony, my unicorn. <laughs> uh, that's never been entered into anything. So, and neither of the other two things I had were. So, why not? I'll just throw them in there, but. Uh, so I had three things and this is interesting and a lot of people don't realize it um, you can enter multiple things into a category I entered those three things into the painters category they will only the judges will only pick the one that they feel is the best of those three. Oh, so you could so you could submit five things into chibi but you can only get your best out of chibi yeah gotcha that's cool that's not bad okay Kathy, you want to talk about another thing you had a painting competition of? Maybe a live painting competition? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Friday night, so Fort Wapple was was kicking the whole time. There were people sitting at the table with us painting. I was painting my Wolfman. I was painting, uh, not Morticia, Lily Munster. And and the little fox girl that I picked up. <clears throat> and lots of people were there trying to finish their models for the competition. You know, just working all day from... These are people who were there from, you know, breakfast until... We actually would sing the Folgers in our cup jingle to each other in the morning <laughs> as, as we got there and sat down to paint and were just there painting all day on Friday. And... After everybody entered all their stuff in Friday night, that was the deadline. Um, we got that we had dinner, you know, we had a, had a drink, had a beer maybe. We came back, we're painting some more. People are being silly because it's you know it's like eleven o'clock, and there's a guy sitting next to me. That was Drew Olds sitting next to me, and he, he's like, yeah. I'd, I kind of want to paint. You guys are painting that, and I kind of want to paint, but I don't have any model. You know, his thing was done. It was entered into the competition. And I'm like, well, there's there's some gummy bears here. Somebody dropped off a couple of packets of gummy bears. You know, the, the Haribo kind, not mm-hmm. the sugar-free ones, obviously. And uh, so he's like, well, that sounds interesting, but I don't have a brush. So I'm like, here have a brush and he's like well I don't have any paints I don't have a palette I'm like well you can use my paints the guy across from me is like you can use my my paints and uh and I said and Liz won't mind if you use her palette or this Liz Hunt her palette sitting there open I said just use her wet palette and uh across for it so it's Drew Across from me is uh, is Tony. He's Sovereign on uh, Twitch. Sovereign 83? I don't know. I don't remember the numbers. <laughs> Sorry, Sovereign. <laughs> um, but he was he was airbrushing last uh, a couple nights ago. Anyways, 
so he's seeing Drew having all this fun painting the painting the gummy bear, and Drew's commenting on the lack of detail. <laughs> like what? Sorry. Where are the eyes supposed to be? Like, wait, are these ears or are these eyes? There's, he's like, there's. When you really get in here, there's a remarkable lack of detail on these gummy bears. <laughs> and, so Sovereign wants to paint one. And then the guy next to him is like, we got him painting one. And uh, somebody else sat down and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? Paint gummy bears. <laughs> and one thing I found out is that Steinle Res Primer, though I love it to death, and it it covers almost everything except gummy bears. <laughs> So if you're painting gummy bears, you don't have to prime. They're like bones. You don't have to prime it. So um, I I had the sad experience of discovering the Steinle res would just like peel off. I'd put my brush on to put the next brush stroke on, and it would just peel off my previous one. So then I went to rinse it off in my rinse cup, and uh, of course it's you know it's a sugary treat, so. I'm pretty sure that didn't help uh, with the detail on the model. <laughs> and I I just set it down. I like I kind of was like, ah, I won't paint one. But these guys are having fun, and I'll watch them. But I did eventually. Mine dried off. <laughs> so I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll give it a try. I started painting mine. Meanwhile, people are like, what are we going to, you know, put these on to hold them because you know how do you hold a gummy bear and paint it and so I had all these water bottle caps I was saving for you know I use them as paint reservoirs Mm -hmm. and so those became the base for the gummy bear so now that's the official base for gummy bear painting with a little bit of blue tack well we discovered super glue works even better um but yeah, so we had seven people, including myself, paint gummy bears. And we, when we were done, they had just finished doing judging in, uh, in the painting competition, the MSP Open. So they were coming out. So we had Yeji Kim and Aaron Lovejoy and Bryce Kokonor came by and judged our our. Or gummy bear painting. <laughs> it wasn't intended to be a painting contest. <laughs> but sometimes it, it ended up that way. Things, you know. Just happen. Just happen at a convention. And now this happens, has to happen every year. We're going to call it the uh, annual Haribo Classic. <laughs> People are going to be testing out their techniques on gummy bears at home. This could be crazy. <laughs> they are. <laughs> But you can't just, you know, paint it ahead of time. No, no, no. You you set out your techniques. You got to get your game down. Yeah, yeah. You have to use the regulation the Haribo gummy bear. <laughs> Has to be bought Uh-oh. at the convention. There's no bring your own. It's supplied. Now I get an idea of wanting to paint up gummy bears and put them on bases and play some stupid army with them. <laughs> Like, what are you playing? Like, those are gummy bears. Well, I painted them. Three bases and based. 
They're my nope. pal. Suck it. <laughs> These are my proxy. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, WTC's allowing po proxies. I'm going to bring gummy bears. Suck it. Oh, the giant one could be a colossal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is going downhill quickly. This is the thing. <laughs> this is what happens. Um, go ahead, Gonzo. Did... Second thought, let's not go to Fort Wapple. It is a silly place. <laughs> <laughs> did um did you get a chance to look at the top three overall winners? No, not close up. Uh, I I I only saw what was you know what was posted, and there were some pretty cool pieces. It was pretty interesting. I know that one of our friends, uh, Anthony Rodriguez, uh, he got like third overall uh, for this orc that he did. It looked like a oh, I've I've seen that orc too. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, he was painting it on stream. Yeah, so, saw what he did. I don't know who the other two people were, but they were amazing pieces. Um. And so it was pretty good. If you didn't, if you haven't seen it, go to their uh, their webpage and you can see all the entries. And they have them listed by person, so you can go down and scroll to Kathy's yeah. and James and everybody's stuff. Or if you have a painter that you like, you can scroll to them and go, "Oh, that's what they painted. That's cool. That's neat." Benjamin Cantor, Cantor with a K, is the one who got best overall, best in show. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Excuse me, pretty cool piece. Um, what about vendors? Did you get a chance to shop around? Sorry, excuse me. It's not a huge convention. Uh, so the vendor's area isn't gigantic. There's a guy, and I wish I could remember his name, because last year we hung out a little bit, and he's really funny. But he's a model railroader, like originally, and he sells tools for... He usually is going to model railroading conventions, but he comes to this one, and he's got all the tools for sculpting and for prepping. And I mean, he's got files and tweezers and cutters and sculpting tools and glue and magnifier visors and, and all of those kind of tools that you would need mm -hmm. in case you forgot anything. Um, Ken from Badger Airbrush was there. Of course. With, with all the Badger stuff. And, uh, I think there was a tent well, Midnight Heroes was there, Warlord Games. They were they were selling mainly their Lucid Eye product in, and not so much with the, the bolt action type stuff or the Conflict 47. It was mainly the Lucid Eye stuff, which is like just weird, weird monster animal kind of models. Um, Bobby's... Bobby's Miniatures or Bobby's Hobbies. Bobby's Hobbies. Anyways, they are there every year. And they're a local game store there. And the guy's been in business for like 50 years. And he has such a random assortment of stuff from recent to 50 years ago. <laughs> it's amazing. I remember finding old Keltos models, which of course haven't been made forever. And the, those old Keltos models are some really fun stuff from Kev White in his early days. But, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a vendor's hall. It was small. So it's not like a, an Adepticon size vendor hall type thing? 
Nope, which is also not even a Gen Con like vendor hall. So, yeah. That's cool. So you met a bunch of friends, participated in a painting competition, came back with awards, and you decided to part it up once you got back, right? You were like all raring to start painting again. So we didn't get back until Wednesday night because <laughs> because what we do as artists who are, are as guest artists is hang out at the Reaper factory during the day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and, you know, talk to the other artists, talk to the sculptors, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a conference, you know, the artist sculptors, the concept artists and everything and talk about upcoming uh, marketing things and I didn't hear much about their the new bones which is supposed to be starting at the the end of the month or the first of October or something like that. Oh, the Kickstarter? Yeah, their Bones Five Kickstarter. Or as I like to call it, do you want more models than you could ever paint? Here's how you get more models than you could ever paint. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's there's some fun ones in there though. And you don't have to get the entire everything you can kind of pick and choose now with uh it's usually such a good deal though yeah Yeah, it is yeah and and they're and they're like i said they're super generic so you're like i could use this for xyz and you're not doing it for a game and it's not game specific so you can get like some really cool stuff and use it and of course they have all the dragons they have a ton of dragons every time yeah i know was it one year they did what tiamat I think it was like uh, last year. That was that was the Meldrakar, and this year, in the in the in the ballroom where they had all of the painting tables and the exhibitors area and the and the uh, painting competition, and they have a, an arcade area too where they have pinball machines and arcade games. Mm-hmm. Pinball machines. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So that all that stuff is in the main ballroom, and what was I going to say? I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, We're talking about the it, it was the pinball. I was like, yes, thank you. So they called Maldrakar, and Julie Guthrie sculpted it, and we walked in there, and there was a gigantic banner that had the one that Jim painted last year at Fort Wapple, um, like, on it. I have a picture of him standing next to it, and the dragon is taller than him. He's standing up all nice and proud with it. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see that. Well, Jim's the Chuck Norris of painting. So it would seem. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if anybody saw that that thread that went on that Jim can sneeze on a model and have it uh, Golden Demon ready in 10 seconds. <laughs> there was a bunch of people that were doing like Chuck Norris style painting jokes with uh, Jim in the process. Of it, it. Was it was pretty, pretty good. I was, I was bawling. I was laughing so hard. I was bawling. It was so funny. Yeah. That guy's amazing. It was just kind of hilarious. I'm trying to think what else it... Rep- well, Jim played 
Jim played his actual first game of Song of Ice and Fire. No. Yes. Yeah. No, he played that at uh, Depticon. No. Well, you know what? You're right. He did play. He did play a game. He played with Terry. Yeah, he played with Terry at Depticon. I remember yeah, that. Depticon. But that he hasn't played since then. Yeah. Well. So I don't know if he. He might have forgotten. Anyways. <laughs> He'd just been hoping so much to get uh, a tournament game in, but then you know it turns out that he didn't realize that the Kickstarter exclusive is illegal stuff <laughs> is yeah not for tournament play. So he's got this whole you know list built up and everything around things that he didn't realize you couldn't play in a tournament. And so when he found that out, he was like, "Well, guess I'm not playing in it because I don't have an army." Yeah, the Kickstarter miniatures are not legal in tournament play yet. Uh, for fun games, nobody cares, of course. Uh, but since they're not open to the public and it, it really available nice for the public. If somebody had told him that, though. Yeah, it's standard um, tournament packet rule things. But, I mean, if it, it was just him and I, I mean, playing a game. if you're a regular at playing in tournaments of various sorts, yeah. you would know, maybe. <laughs> I want to be angry because they're the only fucking company that does that, but it's actually the right choice. It's just why are they the only fucking company that does that? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is per their tournament document, because I've read their tournament document, you can't play any Kickstarter models uh, until they become widely available to everybody within the market, uh, which is understandable. Well, and I think it's funny also because... Um, Jim didn't get them through Kickstarter, so he didn't know. Yeah, he probably didn't even know that they were Kickstarter ones. Kickstarter one. So even if he saw that in the rules, he would have not known which yeah. what was what. So that was just kind of a disappointing thing because he had been planning on playing in the Adepticon tournament. So uh, take note, other manager companies. This is how you actually do it. Stop being schooled in rules by cool mini or not. <laughs> embarrassing. But uh, it kind of sucks that he gets to play. But I, I probably would have let him anyway. I mean, but I mean, if yeah, it's a tournament, it is a tournament. They're like, oh, we'll give you, uh, we'll just let you use these unpainted models. And he's like, fuck no. <laughs> it's got standards, damn it. That's hilarious. That sounds like him. It is very so. funny, though, that, that, that they have that rule when other formats are going to yeah use some proxies or fuck we don't care like i don't i don't get it i don't get it yeah it'd be uh most people don't allow proxies and don't allow pre-release models unless they're released at the event then they do it and then some people That's are not like even the right eh. time to do it either to be honest yeah there, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of controversy over whether you should allow uh pre-release models in or not there's there's some controversy over that but either way at least you got to play some games though and it yeah, wasn't just play a game. Oh, good. yeah it just wasn't you know what, the army that he was gonna he wanted to use type thing and so. he enjoyed it it was fun so yeah. well, the, the game is the game is really what, good so i don't know what else at reaperconic be i mean i met a ton of people i I met people who do streaming also at, that I didn't realize, and so I've I've followed a few, few new streamers, and 
met some other people who who played Diablo 3 and were very excited about season 18 because that went live on the Friday right before ReaperCon. Oh, did it? Dang, I need to get yeah. on there. And then, yeah, I don't know. So, it was fun. <laughs> so, do you recommend this as a convention for everybody, anybody, artists only? What do you, I mean, what do you do? I mean, what do, what do you think? If you like to paint miniatures, you'll be in heaven because everybody's painting miniatures. And if they're not painting miniatures, they're playing role-playing games. And there's a guy who has a board game library there, so you can go and play board games. Oh, legit. You know? Um, but mainly it's it's a miniature painting convention, and you can just sit there and paint, paint to your heart's content all weekend long. There's tables in the ballroom that are set up just for that. If you don't have paints or a brush or a wet palette there are places that will sell it like reaper (laughs) (laughs) um you know scale 75 was there they had their amazing models and they had their their paints i did get to try the the scale 75 ink intensity inks on my little fox girl and I, I liked those that they really were intense <laughs> uh, product is as advertised uh, I'm a fan of their metallics so I haven't tried their metallics but I I did like the inks for what I used them for so it was cool and uh, what else mm. what else how about food did you go to some cool restaurants well, it's a tradition to go to Heart Eight. I see my friends Jack and Dixie, who live in Ohio. I see, I see them like once a year. No, oh, actually, I think they came to Adepticon this year too, maybe. Um, but ReaperCon is the one where Dixie and I get to hang out and color. She has adult coloring books, and she brings the glitter gel pens, and we just sit and color after hours. So I got some. Some good coloring in with her. She doesn't paint miniatures. Actually, she hadn't yet painted miniatures, but she found two miniatures. And I helped her get started with priming and doing a wash on it. I, you know, I just walked her through how I prep all my models. And if, if you watch my stream during the week, then you've probably seen me prepping... Uh, you know, getting that those base layers down on my models. So we just did brush on Steinal Res and used the intensity inks to do a dark wash to get down into the crevices. We didn't get to the dry brushing part, but uh, her husband Jack has been painting for a number of years, so he can walk her through all that stuff. Cool. Sweet. So it was fun to, to kind of just, you know, to talk to a complete beginner about how to get started. Um, we got about 10 minutes left before we have to do the other stuff. Uh, John had something he wanted to bring up because something happened over the week, uh, Star Wars Legion-wise. Ready to put that on me, huh? Yep. 
Put it on you now. Uh, so uh, earlier in the week, FFG announced they're putting out a new FAQ for Star Wars Legion, and I was actually going to be a little more in-depth than a normal FAQ. It's going to be like a once-a-year document where they adjust points and add some rules or, you know, do some other rules adjustments. Like big rules adjustments, not just the standard, oh, here's your clarification, like legit additions. So this one came with points adjustments for older models and actually some slightly newer models. I was a little bit surprised. And then some other various adjustments. Um, the big notes I would go through are they added range five to be an actual thing that exists. So I thought which was is obviously made by putting a fifth one in your in your movement uh, in your range range ruler, which is easy peasy. Um, and even included rules for how do you measure to range five if you don't have a range five thing. You measure to range one, you mark that with your finger, then you measure to range four from there. Huh. As if we all didn't know how to do that, but <laughs> I like it being spelled out. Yes. Um, so that, uh, other big adjustments as far as rules, there's a lot of highlight rules, a lot of rules from the Clone Wars that are coming in that are kind of interesting. Um, other big highlights are... The sniper rifles, Gonzo, are now only range 5. They're not range unlimited. Okay. I was wondering, I, I didn't get to read all of them, but I know sniper rifles were a big contested thing right now. Oh, oh, yeah, very much so. Sniper rifles, like, everyone has two or three sniper teams in their list. If... John, did you go away? Uh-oh. Right Uh-oh. now, John. Losing John. No. Come back to us. Um, I know that they did. I'll, I'll keep the conversation going until they, like, the lag catches up or whatever. I do know that um, they did drop the point values of quite a few models. Uh, one of the things they did is they dropped the ATST points and the uh, Snowspeeder. And I know Darth Vader got dropped points too. Which is good because that means that we can get, you know, you can field more. I went and checked my old list that I built and compared the points, and I was like, whoa, that's a lot of extra points. Um, and, like, one of the things I saw is I had a thousand point list with uh, an ATST and Boba Fett and Death Troopers and all this other stuff. And it was an 800 points, and it dropped down to 938. Uh, then I had a 1,000-point list, which had, like, General Veers and an ATSD and all this other stuff, and it dropped down to 979 points out of 1,000. So there was quite a big points drop on a lot of things. Um, it's it's People are going to start filling more. Uh, John talking about the... Um, the I should be back. There you go. Okay. Yeah. The I was John when you were talking about the sniper teams. I I know that people were like, there's so many people that complained about the sniper teams that it was just constant nonstop. That yeah. sniper teams were just outrageously super powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot. They were they were just too good of, um, too good of some. Or what they are, so they put in range five. They also raise the cost of the small sniper team. So if you have the two man crew, it actually raised the cost uh, by four points. 
so that was interesting. You guys still hearing me? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're a little okay. bit breaking up. But... Twitch is being weird. I don't know if it's just my, my uh, thing. But uh, the other big ones is, uh, um, let's see, the land speeder is now immune to that range immune weapons that are range one only, i.e. grenades, because you try throwing a grenade at a helicopter or something, <laughs> that's going to go over well for you. Uh, the E-Web Heavy Blaster team lost uh, plotting, so it can't move twice. It still can't move and shoot, but it can move twice during a turn, which is good, because otherwise there's not a lot you can do during your turn. It's like, move and stand by, hope someone gets in range three. And then the Rebel version, the Laser Cannon team, which I love and I've used many, many, many times, it wasn't good enough, so they made it uh, range five. Which, Which I can see it. me because, uh, I mean, I thought it, it was going to range four. Well, uh, it's also a big laser, again, so I could see that. Player than the average. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, like, don't, don't think it's, like, unwarranted or anything. I think you really had to think about it, and I think that's sort of the problem. It's, it's an age-old problem in your game. People don't want to think. Yeah. The other uh, the other piece of notes, the, both of the generators that the E-Web and the F 1.4 laser cannon can use went down by three points each. So that's good. Um, duck and cover, which is a common use for any of the commandos or anyone like that with low profile or something, went from eight to four. Targeting scopes went from six to four. Or uh, saber throw, force reflexes, and battlefield meditation; those force powers all went down by five points each, which is surprising. But I mean, honestly, force reflexes—if you're not playing Vader—is 15 points for one dodge token, unless you can manage to finagle your way into a uh, uh, recover action, which is not easy in a game. Uh, Long-range comms, which almost never gotten any use, went down to five points. And commanding presence, which I used on Leia every time, was five went down by five points to five. And then emergency stims, which I never used because I'm, some people have really like it. Some people of the tournament scene went from like eight to twelve. Uh, I can't speak to how good it is, but the guys online feel like it's no longer an auto include if they think it's a fair price. Um, other highlights are speeder bikes went down by 15 points. The ATST went down to 170, which is like 20 points for 15. Yeah, we're points down, we're down 20 points. Um, so, uh, went down to 190 base, which is, uh, and then the Ion Snowtrooper went down, and the missile launcher Stormtrooper went down points for pointing side completely. Chewbacca went down by 15 points, and I don't know why, because Chewbacca's awesome. He can be removed easily in some cases, but if you play him right. But 15-point decrease, I ain't going to argue with him. And then Jyn Erso went down by 20 points, which I can see because in the games I've played her, I found she was solid but not overwhelming by any stretch. And the airspeeder went down a ton of points, like you said. Uh, while I was connecting here, I went down to 140, which is like a 25-point decrease it's crazy. I know all, all my lists went down by like 30 to 50 points double airspeeder list, which went down by like a shit ton. There's like a ton of upgrades on the Rebel side. Uh, 
half of their weapons. One of the Rebel veteran weapons just came out, like literally just released. I've been mean, boxes of them. Uh, like they're like a month old or so went down. The ion trooper for the rebel troopers went down, and the barrage trooper for the fleet troopers went down, which is fair because no one used those weapons. I mean, honestly, the other trooper for fleet troopers is just better. He's got that the scatter gun, which is super good. But this makes it possibly playable. I could see bringing it. And the ion trooper, um, the ion guns were just too expensive with them exhausting to uh, use. You, you had to do that one. Then, in addition to the airspeeder going down, the uh, uh, what do you call it? The the two weapons for the airspeeder, the ground buzzer, rear cannon, and the power harpoon, went down. Uh, I forget what the points were, but they're down to ten and three points respectively. So they're down, downright portable now. And, and uh, the rebel pathfinders, that new squad from Rogue One, they had a, a, a gun configurations. For longer range, they just put the point cost off out of that. You like, you can buy it if you want, which is super cool because uh, I mean, you probably bought it because it had a lot of good versatility, but it was kind of a pain to use. And then the ATRT, um, I thought they'd made all their weapons cost the median, so they're all their weapons around twenty points, regardless of what they are. No, like the flamethrower went down by five, the rotary cannon by ten, and the laser cannon by fifteen. So basically, that model went down by a ton of points. Well, I mean, it, good changes, all interesting. Good. I, I was saying they they did a lot of changes to the models, and I like I said, I was looking at my list, and of course, my lists are no longer valid because I'm I've gained twenty, thirty, forty points on my lists, depending on what I what I had on there. You're making a thousand point list, which is wrong. It's eight hundred points, though. Well, there was there was one time we were making a thousand points lists and stuff, which which is fun. And it actually a good topic. It doesn't matter what the game says; you should play, play what you want to play. Yeah, but yeah. So I'll my cataloged it on all of them. Went through that as soon as this hit. I think actually it Saturday I was a little busy. And I'm the I just noticed they changed the range of the Ion Trooper for the Snow Trooper. He's now. Range three also, which is too normal. But uh, I am a, a very once a year, uh, as uh, Hugh Arata fix things. I'm looking forward to maybe them doing it rolling out next year for Armada because next year is going to be I don't want to say the year of Armada, but it's going to be a year where Armada hits a little more. So I'm looking forward to all that. Glad they're getting with the times. Why is my window constantly changing size? Something's wrong know. with your Skype. I did last time. Yeah, something's wrong with Skype. We're getting some issues with Skype right now, which I uh, believe okay. I might have a new fix for. Uh, I just have to do some testing oh. with you guys and get rid of Skype for good. Huh. I mean. You're all for that, right? I find it uh, weird uh, that last Legion? time. Pretty good. Last time I had that problem, and this time you're having that problem. <laughs> yeah, because you were you you kept on coming in and out and robot talking the whole time, so it was weird. Um, but we are going to the media section. It is eight o'clock. Let's go ahead and flip over there real quick. Um, maybe that'll help out your screen, John. I don't know. But I have two things to talk about, but two large things to talk about. Two series. Uh, Kathy, you said you didn't have anything. You can take your time because, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I, 
didn't watch anything for a week. So. All right. John, what do you got? I got two things. You have two things? Okay. Uh, let's let's go with this one because I think both of you can comment on this. Uh, I'll go with one of mine, and it is something that's very important and something that's really cool because I also watched kind of the behind the scenes and how they were planning on doing stuff. Um, I watched the new Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Uh, as everybody knows, it's a Netflix series, and it is a prequel to the Dark Crystal movie. All done with puppets, Muppets, whatever you want to call them. Um, everybody done with, you know, people in suits or, you know, whatever. Um, as an overall series, it was good. Um, as a technical aspect, there was some flaws. Um, story-wise, story was great. It was good. It was Dark Crystal. It was fun. I had a blast with it. The character's really cool. Hup is my favorite one. Um, he is my favorite character. I wish there was more of him. Deet is one of my second favorite characters in there. Um, it feels like Dark Crystal. It sounds like Dark Crystal. It looks like Dark Crystal. Um, it's weird that this is a prequel. And as everybody's seen, you know, the original movie, the Skeksis are half of another creature. And they start off, the story starts off with them corrupting the crystal and it's turning dark and uh causing all these problems um and it it it's got the same feel the puppets look the same minus one thing um there is one issue i have to say with the puppets and that is the facial expressions of the gelfling every gelfling not the first time I heard that. Yeah, every Gelfling's facial expression is pretty much the same. Their eyebrows, their cheeks, their the only thing that moves is their mouth and eyelids and eyes. So it's really hard to get good facial expressions out of it. Uh, I was kind of upset by that because I was like, we've come pretty far in puppetry. I figured we could have got something that made it, you know, where they kind of moved or, you know, it was more shocked or more open. Well let me counter, if you will. Perhaps it is a racial feature, not actually. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. But I always like to think of that other end. Like maybe they just rolled in. Like yeah, they don't. They don't have that ability. They don't. They don't emote like that. Maybe. I mean, they're they're not humans. They look humanoid. And we always have like to project our own abilities onto humanoid-looking creatures. But but maybe they don't have that. Well, just, you could tell that they were saying. surprised, and they tried to do some surprise looks, but it, okay. everything was plastic surgery to look. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. And, you know, you couldn't tell it. There's only so much they can do with it, I'm yeah. going to be honest. Well, I was, I, that was that was my only really big complaint about the puppetry was that I figured their facial expressions would be a whole lot better because there was a lot of emotion in this. Um, the story had a lot of emotions going for it, you know, with characters and the story. Um there's plenty of comedy, plenty of, you know, good little small jokes. Um, it was nice to see the world fleshed out and a ton of Gelflings and what Gelfling society looks like. Um, you you automatically know that the Skeksis right. are evil. You, you know what's going to happen, and I feel like yeah. that is my biggest problem going into this. is I, I love the concept of a built-up world and seeing what it was like. 
I don't know if it was the right call, but I think it was the only story they could tell because I don't think they have anything else to go to from there. Correct. Well, I mean, because if you think about it, you can do a prequel and we can learn how it happened or you can do a sequel, but are they going to repopulate the Gelfling society? I don't think so. Unless they find some hidden Gelfling, you know, resistance fighters that hit away for the entire time. That, that's the standard too, isn't it? You go from, yeah. you go on a journey because you hear some new Gelflings and you find new Gelflings. And then you it could be. The third one where it's the inevitable demise of the franchise because you're just looking for money then. And Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's sort of my thing is you can't, you cannot build proper story suspense. You, yeah, you know what's going to happen at the end of the series. Because even if they don't, even if it doesn't happen during the series, you know what's going to happen. So it's like, like, I'm just seeing if he survives long enough to, you know, die. Like, it's like the Titanic. Well, we only know, know only a handful of people survived. So we're just looking to see if they survive to the point where most people die. Or not. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, season one was good. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, minor, minor issues. Um, so there's not like a huge, you know thing but you you kind of sit back and the people that have seen it and like i'm going to start showing it to on the half of a friday at my school if the kids whoever behave during the week and stuff can earn what's called fun friday and none of my kids have seen the dark crystal the movie or they just saw i gave them the trailer for the uh netflix show because i'm allowed to show netflix stuff and i'm going to play that for them and i want to see the reaction built from them that don't know what's happening. Yeah, the, the, the Dark Crystal's hardcore, though. you got to be careful. That's Yeah. It is a dark movie. People, I mean, yeah. shit. If you're going to show them the Dark Crystal, you might as well follow it up with the Black Cauldron. Jesus. <laughs> uh, they are making a live action of the Black Cauldron now, too. They're doing that. Fine. It's just called a fantasy movie, for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm going to show it to them. But it, I, I'm kind of curious, because like I said, I, you, and everybody else knows what happens at the end of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yeah. You know. So, how we get there is... Many Bothans we... died. <laughs> Basically. Basically. We talked about that when I talked to someone else about it, where it's like, so, in something analogous like Rogue One, you don't know what happens to the guys. They could have gotten away and just been doing rebellion stuff outside of the purview of our handful of heroes. Mm-hmm. Who knows what could have happened? They didn't necessarily all die. I mean, spoiler, they all died. But you didn't know that was going to happen, so you could build proper, uh, you know, proper uh, tension and, and, you know, like, and, and feeling for the characters. Yeah. Uh, but if you had a series set on Alderaan, you're like, all you fuckers are dead. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that Death Star to show up on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'll wait for season two. Uh, and I'll watch it because it was good fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Action was really cool. It was neat to learn about the world because you learn more about the world. And Algren is in it, and she's cool as hell uh, to to watch and you know and see and get in there. I mean, you you do love the nostalgia because it is there and it's worth it. Um, yeah. Spoil that female Gelflings have wings. Yes, they did. Um, you gotta watch the. So you gotta watch Dark, Dark Crystal first now because that's. That's a fun moment in the movie. It is a fun moment in the movie, but I mean, for overall, it was it was really good. Um, after I got done watching the series, uh, immediately there was like the behind the scenes of 
what they were going to do, how they were going to do it. And they said they've been in talks to do a uh, prequel for a long time, but they thought they wanted to do it as a cartoon. And I was like, okay, I can see why. And then they were like, we're not going to do it as a cartoon. We're going to do it as a full Muppet show type thing. Keep your craft going. Yeah. And cartoon so they. Is, is the easy way out. Don't do that shit. Yeah. So they, they were doing that and they said, well, let's do everything, but let's do the Gelflings as uh, CGI. And it didn't look good. Because uh, they showed some production shots and stuff like this. And they were like, we just couldn't get it to match up to what our taste was. So we just said we did all of it. But the CGI people were like, wait a minute. Why don't we put CGI expressions on the Gelflings' faces? That seems like the way forward. Which I thought was weird. I didn't get to finish watching that part. Because I, I had to go do something later that night. And they didn't do that in the final show. So I didn't get to see what, why they didn't do it. It might be uh, still a work in progress. The Uncanny Valley even though it's a puppet, is a thing that we still have to get by in everyone, which is why I want people to push that envelope on that technology. Yeah. Eventually, we'll have a lot of ability, but it just people aren't... People are hesitant to push the envelope after, you know, um, blowback on things like Tron Legacy and even uh, Tarkin in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, like I said, it was interesting to see that the different aspects that they wanted to do um, and how they wanted to do it, and they finally ended up just doing it old school. Uh, and it was still good to watch. I mean, it's it's still a good series. If you like Dark Crystal, you'll like this. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, just for people like you and I, we know what happens at the end. They're all fucked. Um, but for people that don't know it, which are very Hashtag far, spoiler alert. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, for, you're spoiling a movie that's like how many years old now? <laughs> many, many years old. Many. I think we're outside of spoiler territory. Yeah. So, like I said, this Friday, uh, I'm going to start showing it to my kids and see what they think of it. And they're third. They're like third and fourth graders, so it, it's right up their alley, and it's you know going to be fun. So I'm just kind of curious. Years old. Is it really almost forty years old? Damn. Me too. Um, but I'm kind of curious uh, to see okay what's going. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of curious how they're going to react and such because it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, I give it like one to one and a half, just based on some of the you know puppetry that I think could have been improved over the years. But it was very entertaining. Characters were very well liked. The characters are very unique. Um, there's some new twists based on everything. Uh, it's really cool to learn the new world. Uh, I highly recommend it. Go watch it. If you like the Dark Crystal one, you'll like this. Uh, and I hope they get renewed for another season. Awesome. John, your first one? I'm going to go in uh, chronological order from when they release. I'm going to start with uh, a little John Woo movie called Broken Arrow. <laughs> which was not his first movie in the U.S. I think that was Hard, um, hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which I reviewed, I want to say, earlier this year. Um, Broken Arrow is uh, Christian Slater and John Travolta and the rest of the cast really doesn't matter unless you really want to note that it's Howie Long's feature film uh, debut and he does, he acts about the web, about as good as a football player can be expected to act. But somehow he parlayed that into an actual starring role in a movie later which I will not rewatch and talk about unless I get really <laughs> desperate. 
Um, so the whole concept is Travolta and Slater are both pilots of a uh, stealth bomber, and they're doing a training exercise with live nukes just to see if it'll, you know, they'll be detectable with radioactive material on on, on board. Perfectly logical, you know, premise. But Travolta turns out to be a bad guy who wants to steal the nukes and sell them. And in a cunning turn of events, they're like, well, I mean, you can buy nukes in the Soviet republics. It's like, no, he's selling them back to the U.S. Because he's basically, he's basically threatening terrorism. It's a very early movie for that kind of thing. But it is starts off, you know, pretty solid. And then just, it's it's just a non-shop stop roller coaster ride. We always used to joke that it's just action, 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 butterflies. Action, 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 action. <laughs> And it is enjoyable as long as you like Christian Christian Slater and John Travolta. Um, and a funny thing is John Travolta is the first villain I've seen in a movie that had his own theme music that played whenever he came in. It was really kind of odd. You, I mean, Travolta is chewing scenery. Christian Slater is a little more subdued for him, but still uh, very Christian Slater-ish. Uh, the rest of the class is serviceable, but not great. And this is one of those movies I would say, it is not necessarily a good movie, but it is a great action movie. It has some good fights, some good scenes, solid story. It does not let you stop and think long enough to go, hey, wait a minute. This doesn't let go. It's foot on the accelerator, go, 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 go. Um, and I also like, since there's a female, uh, also a female lead, uh, who's a park ranger in the park where they drop the nukes, and she is not hyper-competent, but she's not a putz, which I like. Because, you know, you, you can get by, okay, you know, Travolta and, and Christian Slater, they're officers and they're Air Force officers, so somehow they're actually <laughs> good with guns and stuff. I don't know. But that's much more feasible than a park ranger being, like, some action badass. Uh, but she's still competent, you know, she can still do things. She can fire a gun. She's got a got a gun. She's not stupid. It. She knows a lot of things. She she's still useful and not just a damsel in distress, which I liked. Uh, they do have the little slight romance between the two of them, but it's nothing super overt. It's sort of quasi believable through it. Um, overall, it's just a fun action ride. Not too long. Doesn't overstay its welcome at all. Um, but the movie does hate helicopters. <laughs> Spoiler warning, if there's a helicopter, do not expect that bitch to last long. It's not gonna. Every helicopter dies. All of them. But I enjoy the crap out of it. I am going to give it one space herpy because I love this movie. Is it good enough for one space herpy? <laughs> you probably give it two. I mean, the average person will probably give it two, but I love this movie. I saw it five times in the theater. Why five times in the theater, John? Because I saw it. Then all my friends went separately, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything. Let's go see this movie again. <laughs> and I will say, it's one of those movies that the sound effects are super loud, and then everything else is a lot quieter. So it will play havoc with your neighbors or your sound system. But it was a fucking experience in the theater. Like, the Dolby surround sound was fucking on point to the entire movie. It was... Just a great experience in the theater. I wish other people could uh, experience that, but you're going to have to wait until like, the 25th anniversary, which would be in 2021, <laughs> by my quick math. So uh, maybe maybe Fathom Events will put it in the theater for that, and you'll get to have the experience too. But 
I enjoy the crap out of it. I suggest it. I may or may not own it on Blu-ray. I do. <laughs> uh, and there you go. Gonzo, hit us up with the second one. Um, I watched, and it's kind of a controversial one, uh, Carnival Row. Um, new Amazon series um, that is kind of about phase. Uh, Fae type creatures. There are centaurs, pixies, um, satyrs, I guess, but they call them pucks instead. Um, I know we have kobolds in a, um, what's the best way to put it? It's kind of like the 1800s. Um, and... It's it's a dark, mysterious movie where the pixies and fey creatures are being hunted by humans in their own land. And so while they're being hunted in their own land, they can run to another place. And this other place is called Berg. And Berg is kind of like their sanctuary. But the problem is... They're not really well liked in their sanctuary. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, it, the time frame is kind of like the 1800s. Um, even though they call it the 7th century. Um, it has... Oh. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're, they're time, the, the time period, if you were going to put it in your own time period, it's like the 1800s. But uh, it is kind of... They call it the 7th century, is what their time frame is. So it's a little bit different. Uh, it's kind of weird, I guess you could say. But everything Very. feels like the eight, late 1800s. Almost steampunky, almost industrial revolution type stuff, whatever. Um, the dress is kind of like the 1800s, late 1800s. Um, main character is Orlando Bloom, which you know is uh, very famous for his role in... Uh, Elizabethtown, uh, not Pirates of the Caribbean or, you know, Lord of the Rings. Those were small piddly pits for him. Um, <laughs> there's a running joke that someone's going to get about that. Um, he plays a copper and a detective that's trying to solve the murders, which is interesting because it's really not about the murder. They kind of put it off of like a Jack the Ripper type thing, but it deviates from that right off the bat type uh, thing. Uh, the other main actress, I can't remember her name, but she played uh, in, oh, what was that movie? Oh crap, I'm gonna I'm gonna like uh, she was in Suicide Squad and uh, what was the other one? Uh, that we thought was decent but it didn't do good in the movie theater. Um, Valerian. Um, she was Sergeant Loreline. I can't remember. Not Claire Danes. Uh, it's Kara Delavine. I can't remember if that's how it is or not. How it's pronounced. Um, and she plays a pixie. Um, I'm almost done with the entire series. I've almost, I've seen most of it. And so far it's just okay. Um, it's just all right. Um, 
the better parts of the series, and I, I, I was agreeing with someone else that started watching it, are the flashbacks. The flashbacks of learning what the Fey world was like before this happened, or learning about the war that started, you know, them having to leave and such, uh, to me, it has been more entertaining. Uh, the current storyline is just okay. You're trying to figure out who or what this creature is that's killing off Fey. Um, but I really enjoy the flashback stuff more than the current storyline. Um, it's very well acted. There's no problem with that. It's got a great scenery. Special effects are good. Uh, nothing like that. It just is a, a, a meh. And that's the best way to put it. It's just meh. I don't know if it's going to get renewed for another season. Um, it might. But it's just okay. Should you rush out there to watch it? Mm, not really, because they're like you know hour-long episodes. True hour-long episodes. Um, is it neat? Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I have to give it like a two and a half because it's just meh. Um, maybe the ending will make me go, yes, I have to see the rest of it. But for the most part, it's just okay. And I was kind of upset because I had high hopes for it. Um, so, you want to see Orlando Bloom and as a copper and um, Claire or whatever her name is as a um, pixie? Go for it. There's some cool histories behind it. There's some cool stuff. Um, great costumes. I'll tell you that much. The costumes are really good in it. Um, the world's really neat. It's just, I don't know if it's enough. If you know what I mean. Mm hmm. That was the best spoiler for review ever. It's just. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I can't I can't do it. I mean, most of the stuff that I've said, or pretty much all of it I've said is on there, it, it is in the trailer. Um, the characters aren't, like, super, super, memor you know, rememberable. Um, you're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't love all the characters. I haven't found a character I think is just amazing. Um, there's a couple of side plots. I know that, what was it, um, Xander says... Uh, Game of Thrones been in Victorian at times. It's not as there's not as much political intrigue for Game of Thrones type thing, um, but it's okay if you got some time, watch it. Um, like I said, I got I got like two episodes left, and then I'll be finished. But for the most part, I'm just kind of like, mm. meh, meh, meh plus, meh plus because I it's, think it's I'll cool. Still watch it because I like I like urban fantasy. Yes, you know uh, as books. Yes. So, I'll I'll be curious enough to at least give it a try. Like this, the world and everything is fine. The costuming, the special effects, everything's really good. So there's no downgrade on that. It's just the story and everything else is just kind of eh. So I, I I'm car I'm kind of curious what you have because I do like urban fantasy stuff too. I think it's really cool. Um, so I'm just kind of waiting. So far, but it's it's been okay. It's better than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs> Most things are. <laughs> Most things. So, other than that. Um, so, i got to give it two and a half right now. I'm going to finish watching the last two episodes as soon as I can. Hopefully, I'll, that'll drop down and it'll be a whole lot better. So, I don't know. John, what's your last one? My last one is uh, Mystery Man. 
I decided to watch that because the movie podcast I follow uh, did the class of 1999, and that is one of the class of 1999. And apparently, and this has shocked some people, this movie is not actually well-liked by everyone. I can see that. I like it. And and the soundtrack is awesome. (laughs) The soundtrack is is awesome, but it's very much like the movie. It is quirky as fuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. So the whole idea is uh, Champion City, and there's crime there, but they have Captain Amazing to fight it. And then they have these wannabe superheroes, uh, William H. Macy playing the Shoveler. Um, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Nathan Lang playing the Blue Raja. Even though there's not blue, Master Cutlery. And then uh, Ben Stiller, in my favorite Ben Stiller role, as Mr. <laughs> Curious. Who, uh, I'm not going to, I mean, spoil the most wannabe of the wannabes. His power is he gets really, really angry. Yeah. Um, and it's just a fun movie about wannabes having to basically step up and be the heroes. Because um, Captain Amazing is a great superhero, but he is not the brightest bulb in the box. Nope. Uh, and then you have uh, Greg Kinnear, who somehow can't get a job in Hollywood anymore. I don't understand it. Uh, plays Captain Amazing very well. I mean, the, the cast, the, the cast of this movie is completely on point. Um, you have Jeffrey Rush as Casting with Frankenstein, and he is just chewing scenery. Oh, yeah. I absolutely he, love that there's a character called Casanova Frankenstein in that. <laughs> he puts it all in. He leaves nothing. He's doing this Werner Herzog-esque sort of uh, accent and saying the most crazy things in it and just taking the material with absolute serious, even though it's not absolutely serious. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got Pro- Paul Rubens as the spleen. <laughs> uh, um, you get uh, Gene Garofalo as the bowler. It is great. It is so quirky and weird. Like nowadays, with all these superhero movies being fairly mainstream and pretty normal in general... It is a great quirky and is just a good, as good of a watch nowadays as it was back when it came out. Yeah. I, I love you, Invisible I, Boy. Yes. <laughs> the funny thing is, if you think about when this came out, Ben Stiller was doing serious stuff. And then, like, I uh, was his name, Kev Walker or something like that, who was playing Invisible Boy, was doing, like, comedy stuff. The, the actors were all, this is not a normal movie for any of them at that no. time. Because Gene Garofalo and Ben Stiller were more doing serious stuff. William H. Macy was doing serious stuff. Nathan Lang just does whatever he wants because he's got that sweet, sweet Simpson money. He didn't need to do anything. He just does what he wants. But they all just put it all into it. They all take it so seriously. Um, Eddie Izzard's in it as hmm. as uh, Tony P, Master of the Disco Boys. I totally the, forgot about him being in there. <laughs> man, the gangs that Casper Frankenstein has are great. And if you look at the cast for them... It's off the chain. Yeah. CeeLo Green is in there somehow. Um, Sun Kang from Fast and Furious uh, fame. This, it's a ton of people in this movie. They just go all in. Um, Tom Waite is the freaking uh, Heller, the scientist, who gets them all their their mm-hmm. very amusing gear. And uh, it's just a great time. It is. Sanders right. Fun. Mystery Men 2 should be made now. Oh my god, they're, they're kind of old. This, this is 20 years old. 20. Two decades. So you can all feel old again. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. I feel old too. But it's just a fun movie. It just has super... has some fun witty lines. It's 
it's it's just enjoyable from start to finish. Mm-hmm. To be fair, some parts don't hold up so much anymore graphically sometimes, but uh, I, I enjoy the crap of it. I'm going to give it one space for me because some of those things don't hold up so well, and, and some of the jokes so they don't necessarily hit anymore. I mean, Spleen is basically one long fart joke. Oh, yeah. It's a good fart joke. But it's just one long fart joke. And Paul Rubens was great in it. I mean, the cast just brings it. I, I enjoy the crap of this movie. I did it on DVD, but as Banyan will attest to, my DVD is really quirky, much like the movie. Might have to buy a Blu-ray just for the, that better quality picture. Uh, if you see it, I suggest watching the deleted scenes. Kathy, you've heard the soundtrack, so you've heard quotes from one of the deleted scenes. Because part of one of the songs, it's the Mystery Men Credo. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> and, and I don't like, have it, that memorized, but that is pretty funny. I listen to, like, my ex-wife and I were huge fans of this movie, soundtrack, everything, love it. In fact, after we get done and I get back from eating actual dinner, not just a Sunday, I will uh, I'll definitely listen to that. But enjoy the crap. I would suggest you guys check it out. It's a good change of pace from, I mean, Marvel movies aren't too heavy, but they've been heavy enough. This is just a good, just, there is no serious in this movie, but they take it all seriously. Yes. Like, no matter how ridiculous it gets, they take it seriously. Yeah, that, that's the exact point, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, Mystery Men, uh, just fucking watch it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it already and you like good hero spoofs, you you're missing out. It's quality. I mean, after all those Batman movies that just missed the mark, those two yeah. Batman... Well, I'm going to say three Batman movies that missed the mark because I'm not a fan of Batman Returns. Apologies to everyone who is. That movie, just way too fucking weird for me. Okay. Just a little too fucking out there. It was a good end of the sort of century superhero movie because, honestly, next century, it, when it starts 2000 start, superhero movies just... Start a little slow, but they take off and they just fucking go. Because I mean, we get X Men, Spider Man, everything. They just, they just go. Um, I did think one of the things that I loved about it was uh, what's his face's quotes. It was like, um, oh Ben Stiller's uh, mysterious. Yeah, he was, he was like, you must master your anger, or your anger will master you. Oh no, oh, the, uh, the Sphinx. Yeah, the Sphinx. Oh, the Sphinx. Yeah. He's he's funny. Yeah. There's actually even a solid arc in this movie. It's pretty enjoyable. It is actually is pretty good, but whenever they started ragging on each other and stuff, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> There's only one sort of setup that doesn't pay off. And if you watch the deleted scenes, which it should not shock you at all to know that I have, it pays off in the original ending, not the one that they filmed. Or they fully filmed. Gotcha. But I'm not going to spoil that in case you guys want to see the deleted. Well, I'll have to do that because I didn't know there was deleted scenes on one of them. So I'll have to do that. Well, guys, that's it. We're back and we're done. Uh, okay. Episode 92 is done. Won't even let me finish. What? <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> For more than days, I'm gone to. <laughs> Good night, dorks. Good night. Oh my god, y'all are dorks. I swear. No, you're not. I don't know what the music is. I can't hear it.
Da-na-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na-na.